Good morning, everyone. Good morning and welcome to Old Providence Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. And I suppose I should also say Merry Christmas, everybody. We, we are so delighted that the Lord has called you here to worship with us, especially on this Christmas Eve. And worship we shall. But first, just take note of your bulletin and the fact that, that we're going to be uh, having lots of things going on pretty soon here. On January the 7th, next week we'll be back in here, but January 7th we're going to start worshiping in Providence Hall as we continue with our project here in the sanctuary. Also, one week from today we're going to enjoy breakfast together, put on by the Open Door class, which is always fabulous, and that's going to be uh, next door in Providence Hall at 8 o'clock before Sunday school at 9. And us really you have no idea how much you have ministered to us and we greatly appreciate it what what a wonderful time to come together i love it when the lord's day falls so close to christmas certainly this year is no exception to that and again i welcome you now as far as when we pray later on today we got a couple of folks that we really need to be in prayer for first judai patterson was in a car accident yesterday she uh, ended up breaking her sternum, actually, so she's at home, she's staying with Sylvia, but we need to be in prayer for Judai. It's, it's very painful having difficulty breathing, that sort of thing, which is to be expected, but the Lord really did spare her and the other individual, so we're grateful for that. Um, also, uh, you might have received the one call about Laura Steele. Hospice has been brought in. Today is Laura's 101st birthday, so which is really quite incredible. And um, yesterday I, I was over there with her and she was talking about Mr. Ramsey's garage here in Spotswood and that sort of thing. And she knew exactly who I was. She said, you're Mr. Malfus. And so um, just, just such a wonderful, wonderful woman. And, and of course, this is one of those things where there is sorrow because it seems that her passing is near. However, 101 years and the Lord has been so faithful and has used her to be a blessing to so many. So let's be in prayer for Laura and for the Lord's mercy and certainly for Anne and Carolyn and the rest of the family as well. Now, um, like I've said, lots of things going on in the bulletin. I'm going to let you find those. Let me again welcome you. I'm, I'm just so glad that the Lord has given us this time together and he's given us this time to worship. So now let's take this time to prepare our hearts for worship as Donna leads us in the prayer. Thank you, Donna. Now, if you were with us last week, you'll know that we were in Luke chapter 2, which is considered the Christmas story. But this morning, for our call to worship, I've chosen Matthew chapter 1, which is the other telling of the Christmas story. And I've chosen it as a reminder for why we celebrate. Uh, it's in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 that I'll begin reading. It says, The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce, divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, 
and they will name him Emmanuel, which translated is God with us. My friends, we're given two very important pieces of information there. First, the name Jesus, pointing to the fact that Jesus will indeed save, the one who saves, but also Emmanuel. We talked about this last week, and we'll talk again about this today. But the fact that God came near, that he made his dwelling here amongst us, all for the sake of God's love and mercy to redeem us, his people. We have cause to worship every single Lord's Day, but certainly this Christmas Eve, what wonderful cause do we have in remembering Jesus our Lord. Let's now go to him in prayer, after which we'll pray the Lord's Prayer and confess the Apostles' Creed together. Let's go to him now. Our God and our Father, what a blessed, blessed day it is. Not just because it's Christmas Eve, even more so because it's the Lord's Day. And we are here, called to this place, not a single person by accident. You've given us this time in the midst of the, the hustle and the bustle, in the midst of all the trappings of the season. You've given us this time to stop, to consider this Jesus who came to save his people from their sins. Emmanuel, God with us. And not only do we look back on Jesus coming here, being born that first Christmas, we know now that you are with us by your Holy Spirit, dwelling in all of your people. So please, by your Holy Spirit, work in our hearts in this time. Prepare us, even now. Help us that we would worship you in spirit and in truth, that this time would be pleasing to you, that it would glorify your name, and that we would be reminded yet again of your goodness, your love, and your mercy. So please, guide us in this time. We pray these things in Christ's name, and we also pray as he taught us to pray, by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now as we say the Apostles' Creed together, let me ask you. Christian, what is it that you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen indeed. And now as we continue in our worship, please stand with me. It's in your hymnal at 163, but of course the words are on the screen. But let's stand and sing that great Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Please stand.
Very nice. You may be seated. And children, come join me down here. There we go. Come on down. Let's try over here first. We may need to expand, and if so, that's okay. All righty, come on over. I don't think we do. I think we're all right. Very, very nice. All right, Gabe. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. That was a very nice good morning. And I should say, do you say Merry Christmas Eve? Do you say that sort of thing, Chloe? Oh, no, no, no. Merry Christmas Eve to everybody. Anyway, I hope that you are all excited about it being Christmas Eve, but I also hope that you're excited about the fact that it's the last Sunday of that big word that we started talking about a few weeks ago, Advent. Remember we said that Advent is the word that we use when we talk about Jesus being born in Bethlehem that first Christmas almost 2,000 years ago. And I've already lit them today, but each week we have lit a different candle right? And each one of them represents something different that we're supposed to focus on, right? The first one represents hope. Remember that? How people in the Old Testament look forward to Jesus coming that first Christmas. Their hope was in him coming. And our hope isn't in him coming the first time at Christmas. Our hope is in Jesus coming back. That's what the first purple one means. The second purple one means or points us to joy, or excuse me, not joy, that's the last one today. The second purple one points us to peace, getting them confused. It points us to the peace that Jesus brought. I talked about it earlier. How Jesus made peace between us and God. The third one points to joy, right? That's the pink one. We talked about that last week. And that's the one I want to talk to you about today. We talked about it in the big sermon. Now, joy, each week we've talked about different words that people use differently. Remember with hope, we said that sometimes people say hope and they really just mean they're wishing for something. Like I I hope it doesn't rain today, or I hope Christmas is fun. But that's not what hope means in the Bible. Hope means the thing that you plan for, the thing that you look forward to, and you live your life in light of it. Also, peace. Sometimes people think that peace means just when other people stop fighting. But peace is so much bigger than that. And, and the peace that Jesus brings not only brings peace on earth, but brings peace for all eternity. And that's why we look forward to him coming back. But that third candle that we lit last week is so important because, again, it points us to joy. And joy is another word that sometimes people confuse. They think that joy just means happiness. But that's not all that joy means. Happiness can come from joy, but you can have joy all the time no matter what you're facing. And the reason that Christmas points us to joy is because of what we read in Luke chapter 2. Now listen to this. Remember Luke chapter 2 is the Christmas story, right? It's about Mary and Joseph, and they go to Bethlehem, but there, there was no room for them in the inn, so Jesus had to be born in a stable, and they placed him in a manger. But then we read about shepherds, right? And how the angel came to the shepherds, and in Luke 2.10 it says this. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy what that candle represents joy which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior which is christ the lord and this shall be a sign unto you you shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace good will Toward those on whom his favor rests. Now, did you hear what those shepherds told the angel, what the angel told the shepherds? That, that Jesus had been born, but Jesus wasn't just anybody, no. That Jesus is the Savior. Jesus came to save all of God's people from their sins. And it's because Jesus came to save that the angel's message was good tidings of great joy. Now, Let's talk about what joy really means. A lot of times joy can make us happy, but joy is about deep down hope and peace in our hearts, being convinced that God is in charge and that he's going to take care of everything. That's where real joy comes from. And the reason we talk about joy at Christmas is because Jesus is the proof that God does whatever it takes to take care of his people. 
We needed somebody to save us. So God sent his one and only son to save us. And it's for that reason that while Christmas is full of lots of wonderful things like presents and family and good food and getting together and coming to church, all those things are great. But what we should really remember to do is remember the gift that God gave us in Jesus. And as a result, like those shepherds were joyful, we should have joy in our hearts too. All of us. So that's what I'm going to pray for you guys, that you would remember this Christmas to have joy. Now next week, when we come together, I'm going to tell you what the fourth candle represents, okay? So if y'all take down decorations, don't take the Advent wreath. Leave that for next week's children. So let me pray for you. Our Father, I thank you for these children. I pray that you would help them to remember to be joyful. That we, above all people in the world, have reason to have joy in our hearts. Because we know that you're in charge. We know that you're in control. And we know that you have done what it took to take care of us and will continue to watch over us. So please, give us all joyful hearts as we remember Jesus, the greatest gift of all. And I pray it in his name. Oh, there is no children's church today. Okay, so children, go back to your parents. Sorry about that. Sorry to burst your bubble. There you go, darling. Thank you, Patsy, for keeping me straight. All right, now let's take this time to go to our Lord in silent prayer as we again consider this gift that is Jesus Christ, and then I'll lead us in the pastoral. Eternal God and Heavenly Father, as it was proclaimed to those shepherds in the wilds of Judea, as they went forth and told of all that they had seen to others, so we say and pray again that indeed glory to God in the highest. And we come thanking you for the peace and the goodwill that you have given to us in Jesus Christ. These truths should be things that we dwell on every day of the year, but certainly today, being Christmas Eve, as we are here, heart to heart together. Oh, Father, there's so much more poignant. As we think about Jesus, the greatest gift of all, that he came not just to live, but also to die. That he sacrificed himself for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And you, Father, while we were at enmity with you, you sent your son to save us? These truths, oh, they're wonderful beyond our wildest reckoning. We, we can't begin to grasp this gift. And yet, Father, though we cannot grasp it, we can be grateful as we consider this time of the year and all of its trappings and indeed there's a lot going on between travel and celebrations and parties and, and maybe in some circumstances here today those things won't be going on and that itself adds a certain poignancy. We, we pray that whatever our circumstances are that we would remember you, that we would remember the gift of Jesus Christ and that as I just prayed for the children, so I pray it now again. Let our hearts be filled with joy. That is built on the sure knowledge that you are the sovereign one. That you are seated on high in all of your majesty, ordaining and maintaining all things. And at the same time, you're our loving heavenly father. Pull our minds back to these things no matter what circumstances we face. And again, give us grateful hearts. 
We think of some of the situations going on right now in our midst, and we pray that you would attend to these. For Judah, um, certainly as she has been in this automobile accident, we pray that, it, that you would be with her, that you would bring recovery, and that there wouldn't be any further complications as a result of it. We thank you that you have intervened, that it wasn't worse than it is already, and that not only with her, but with the others involved. We think of Laura and Anne and Carolyn and the rest of the family right now. What a wonderful, precious woman Miss Steele is. Today, her 101st birthday, all of it points to your faithfulness. But Father, we pray that you would continue in your faithfulness to her and, and be merciful. Uh, your timing is best, and we don't know it, but we trust you. And we pray that you would intervene in her situation as well and that you would give her family peace too. As we think about other things that are going on, things that, are, that we know about some of these things, others we don't know about, again, we're grateful that you're in charge. We pray that you would bring peace where it is needed, comfort where it is needed, and even correction. For it's easy to lose sight of what matters, especially this time of the year. And Father, we pray that you would do this not only for us here at Old Providence, but that you would do this for your church universal, for we all share the same task and have the same privilege to be your lights in the world. So again, turn us again and again back to you, that we would both see and testify to your greatness, to your love and to your mercy, both on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and beyond. And we pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. And now as we continue our time together, let's stand and sing number 171 in our hymnal. Again, we have the words on the screen. That great Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Number 171. Please sing. Let's go to our Lord, Emmanuel. Our Father, we praise you that what we've just lifted up is true. And as we have asked, oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. 
you do abide with us and you provide for us in every way. So now, as we return to you out of that abundance that you've given to us, I pray that you would bless the gift and the giver, that you would use these in accordance with your will and for your kingdom. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated.
Thank you very much, Choir. What a fitting reminder, especially given the fact that it is Christmas Eve, and I'll say it again, Merry Christmas, everybody, really and truly. Just take a moment to think about today. <clears throat> think about your surroundings. Think about your circumstances and that God loved you enough to give you this opportunity to call you to this place, to, right now to, to come before him in worship. That in itself is a profound gift. Now, if you've worshipped with us this Advent season, I've talked about it already a little bit with the children earlier, uh, you'll know that we've been sort of asking a question throughout our times together. What is Christmas really all about? That's the question. And there's a good reason that we've been asking this question. This time of the year can get confused. <clears throat> what Christmas really is. Why, why we ought to celebrate. In fact, for some, Christmas becomes so convoluted and confused that the folks can forget altogether. For some, with everything going on, Christmas can be, well, it's, it's tis the season to be busy, right? It, 81 is slammed and then 11 fills up. I always know when it's happening if I'm here at the church because I see cars start coming down this because their GPS will bring them this way. But this is a busy time of the year. Time is at a premium. But shouldn't Christmas be a time of reflection instead of going and going and going? We ought to be slowing down. But... That's not the nature of life often enough. Many of you have said to me that, especially with work things and the end of year, things actually speed up. And in the midst of all the hustle and bustle, it, again, it's easy to forget what Christmas is all about. But busyness isn't the only reason we can forget it. I referenced this last week. Christmas can be a stressful time of the year. My goodness. Yes, but it, it can also be an emotional time of the year. Um, I talked last week about some of the nostalgia that, that crops up this time of the year. And I get it, nostalgia really does sell. But sometimes it's nostalgia that takes us to emotional places that we don't need to go. Nostalgia and it being this time of the year very often reminds folks of how life might have used to, to be and for good or for not so good. Sometimes nostalgia prompts us to think about how we think life ought to be. And it's everywhere, even our music, yeah. Take the words of the, the chairman of the board there. Here we are as in olden days, happy golden days of yore, right? Taking us back to a time that should have been better, that was probably better. Our music is dripping with nostalgia. I mentioned this last week. I think it was last week also that Brenda Lee's Rocking Around the Christmas Tree hit number one on the Billboard charts. That song came out 65 years ago, right? Nostalgia is a powerful thing. And whether we like it or not, it's the nostalgia of Christmas season that, that reminds us of, of, of things that, that maybe we don't have anymore, of, of missed opportunities, of people we don't have anymore. For some, Christmas is a time of great mirth and joy, but for others it can be rather painful. And the end result is, again, forgetting what Christmas is really all about. And for others still, the issue isn't forgetting what Christmas about, is about. It, some people never knew what it was about in the first place. So, in an attempt to point us back to the real meaning of Christmas, we began our Advent season this year in Isaiah chapter 9, which details that great prophecy about how the gloom and darkness of the world around us will be decimated, how a light will come, and that light will blaze forth and burn through the gloom and darkness of the world, and with that light would come a kingdom, the kingdom of God, and all by the means of a child. We, of course, know this child to be Jesus the Christ. And so the underlying theme of that passage in Isaiah and the Advent season, the first way we answer that ever so important question, what is Christmas really all about? In a word, Christmas is about hope. Hope that God can enter into your life and change any situation at any time. Hope that God does not leave us to our own devices so that we would wonder and wander like the world around us. Hope that in Christ Jesus there is salvation from sin and eternal life. At that first Christmas, hope came. But while hope came at Christmas, it was sealed at Calvary, at the cross, in the greatest expression of God's love where Jesus laid down his life for God's people. But while Christmas is indeed about hope, there's more to Christmas than just hope. The second week of Advent, as I talked about with the kids, we were in the book of Galatians, and we found that Christmas is all about peace, specifically the peace that Christ brings between God and his people. Because apart from Christ, we're at enmity with God. We're, 
We're part of that great striving darkness that John mentions in John chapter 1 that, that sought to overcome the light. And yet with Christ, not only do we become part of God's kingdom, we, we become the children of God and can cry out to God as our Father. And then last week in Luke chapter 2, we saw that Christmas is not only about hope and peace, but with those shepherds, as I talked about with the kids, Christmas is also all about joy. Why? Because Christmas brought us our Savior, that's why. Who is Christ the Lord. And yet today we are here, and a fourth candle burns before us. And just what does it represent? Where shall we go today as we ask this ever so important question, what is Christmas really all about? Well, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Titus in the New Testament. The book of Titus, chapter 3 to be specific. I'll have the words on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me. Now, as you're turning to Titus chapter 3, the book of Titus, much like the rest of the New Testament, is originally a letter written by Paul. This one's written to Titus, who Paul had left behind to help organize churches in the area of Crete. Okay, now, now Crete was a very difficult place to organize and minister to a church because it was a really immoral place. In essence, there was this battle going in culture between Christianity and culture, not so unlike what's going on today. <clears throat> Titus himself was experiencing lots of different issues there in the church. So Paul wrote this letter to Titus in order to encourage him, in order to instruct him and, and the churches as well. Now, what does this have to do with Christmas and answering that question? What is Christmas really all about? Well, we're going to start reading in verse 1 of chapter 3, and we will see. We know that Christmas is all about hope and joy and peace, but what else? Let's pray, and then we will read. Our God and our Father, as we come to this moment and this time together, this time where we turn our attention to your word, we pray that you would work in our hearts and in our minds not just in the sense of gaining knowledge, though it's important to learn, we pray even more so that we would see, that we would have ears to hear, that we would understand how your word applies to our lives. We can't do this on our own. So please, guide us now by your Holy Spirit. And I pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. So again, what is Christmas? Really all about Titus chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. It says, remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind, always showing gentleness to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He poured out his Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. And we'll stop reading right there. May God bless the reading of his holy, inerrant, and infallible word. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, we have just read our passage. Back to our question, what is Christmas really all about? Well, consider what we've just read. Chapter 3 is the last chapter in Paul's letter to Titus, right? He's, he's really closing things up here by giving some final instructions and reminders and so forth. And in verses 1 and 2, Paul gives some wonderful reminders to, to Titus and by extension to the church, telling them to, to submit to authorities, to refrain from slandering, right? Other things, do good works, be kind, gentle, all wonderful things. It's very good stuff, very good reminders. And it's by doing these things, what Paul's really getting at is, it's when God's people do these things that we function as the light of Christ. Right? We, we point people to who Jesus is through our actions as those who follow Christ. But it's in the midst of these encouragements and reminders that Paul kind of shifts in verse 3, and he reflects on things from a different perspective. 
And at first glance, it's not a very happy one. Listen to him. He says, for we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. That's the kind of verse that you read and you say, ouch. Paul doesn't pull any punches, does he? Now, is he just talking about he and Titus here? He uses the term we. No. Obviously not. What, what Paul has done here is he's put his finger on the human condition. He is pointing to who we are apart from Christ. This, and this list of things. That, y'all, I don't have to tell you this. Look at the world around you. Foolishness, disobedience, deception. And that last one especially, enslavement. As you look at the things going on in the world, you know, I... I I love memes, right? And I love memes where it's like, you know, by 2024, we'll have flying cars. And then underneath it is a newspaper headline that's just, you say, how did we get to this point? The world is just crazy. It's lost its mind. We've got wars. You know, I thought that the whole Russia thing was like a James Bond thing from the 70s. But Russia's doing its thing. I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on. As you look at the world, you do see foolishness, don't you? Where people believe and latch on to ideals and you say, what what is wrong with people? Disobedience, where people not only disobey what God has revealed in his word that's pleasing to him, they do it with gusto. Deception. Hoo-wee. How much of the world around you is based on deception, right? And usually it's just the world trying to sell you something. Y'all know how it works. Enslavement ultimately is that, that end prize for how the world works around us. And we could go on and on about the craziness of the world. But don't get so wrapped up in these terms that Paul uses. And again, he's saying, we used to, this is us, but don't miss the real point. What he's saying here is we too were once, right? Or another way of saying it is, we used to be that way too. That's what Paul is doing with Titus to encourage him. He's saying, look at the world, you know how the world is. We used to be that way too. But something happened. Something happened to pull us out of that nonsense and foolishness. Something happened that changed everything. What? Well, my friends, this is where we find the answer to that question, what is Christmas really all about? Again, something happened that changed everything, that took a world full of darkness and injected light, that took a world of sorrow and brought hope and peace and joy what happened verse 4 but when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared he saved us what happened that changed everything Christmas happened that's what Christmas happened because it was at Christmas that God's love for mankind first appeared. God's love appeared at Christmas. So if you want to know what Christmas is really all about, what the hope and the peace and joy of Christmas ultimately culminate in, Christmas is all about God's love, which is what that fourth candle burning before you now represents. And the reason Christmas is all about love is because of what God's love for us did. Look at the rest of verse 5. It's simple and it's so beautiful. It just says he saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy. That last word, mercy. Coupled with what it says at the start of verse 4, when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. I want you to think about something. Think about a time when you've received a kindness. When you've been in a situation and you've been shown some real mercy. Think about that. It doesn't have to be some grandiose thing. But as you think about that kindness, does it not change everything? I, I really thought long and hard about what I would say at this point in my sermon because, y'all, I've been shown so much kindness and mercy and 
really, you have no idea how blessed I am. But, but I'm going to tell you about a recent example. And it sort of parallels what we've just read today. This past Tuesday night, we had quite a night at home, just Amanda, uh, Isabella, and myself. And of course, we have our 23-pound house cat named Boo and our 110-pound labradoodle named Bo. We do some things differently in the Malfors household, and one of them is having circus-sized animals. I don't know why, but nevertheless, it was a great night. In the crock pot, I made some smothered pork chops, y'all. Amazing, right? We, we had loads of desserts to choose from because of your kindness to us, right? And as we made our way through the evening, we realized we really haven't watched anything Christmassy yet. So we said, what do we want to watch? And we put on Disney Plus and we said, let's watch a Mickey Christmas Carol. And we did. And, and we watched some other things. Now, Bo, the 110-pound Labradoodle, had been whining to go outside. So we let him out. And then we started the shows. And we really did enjoy them. And everything was great. I mean, it, it was idyllic, y'all. The lights of the tree, they were shining, right? It's that wonderful mixed aroma of, of delicious desserts and, and pork products in a crock pot, right? We, we all had full tummies. And when everything was over, I said, oh, that was nice. That was nice. And then I said, oh, no, we forgot about Bo. We left him outside. I said, Bella, let Bo in. And she did. <clears throat> and immediately upon opening the door, she grabbed her face. Now, if you know where our house is, how our house is situated, my chair is kind of over in the corner of the room, the couch is beside it, and then there's the back door. But she grabbed her face immediately like this. And then Amanda looked over at me with this look of abject horror on her face. You probably know what happens if you have critters around here. Bo had been sprayed by a skunk. Now, let me say, this is a new experience for us. And even though I've only faced it one time, zero stars. Would not recommend, okay? Um, immediately we kicked into action. Bo went back outside and we said to ourselves, okay, who do we know that has been through this? And Amanda said, I think Barbara has talked to me about their dogs getting sprayed or skunked or whatever you call it, and I think that she has a recipe. Now, to be clear, and I don't mean to embarrass y'all, but Barbara Marsh is here. Now, at this point, it's after 9 p.m. It's closer to 9.30 at night. Amanda says, I really don't want to call her. I feel terrible. And I said, listen, they've said so many times, if you ever need anything, call us. <laughs> and we need something, okay? Well, it turns out that Barbara did not have a recipe. They had something even better. Um, it's the most appropriately named product now on planet Earth, Nature's Miracle, because it was like one. Uh, and it's this skunk deodorizer stuff. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but I drove to their house. She said, come get it. I drove to their house at 10-something at night. Rob was waiting for me at the door with the bottle. I, I went home and stood outside in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt and soaked Bo the Labradoodle down with this stuff. Now, that night, you know, it was in the 20s, okay? It was horrible. I don't know if he was more miserable or I was, and I don't know if he had more of that stuff on him or if I did, but we're both, you know, soaking, it's freezing, there's steam coming off of us, but I let the stuff just soak into us both because I was ruined too, right? If you mess with skunks, everybody's going to stink, but anyway, once I let it soak in, I took him in the house, I washed him thoroughly. And once again, everything was well and beautiful in our world. And, but look at it this way. Our night, very much like our passage, though obviously, all, and I know this is trivial, comparatively speaking. Our Tuesday night, in a lot of ways, was like our passage. In our passage, the first three verses describe the state of the world and the reality of wickedness, the, the gloom that the world around us faces. But then it talks about how when God's kindness came, everything changed. And let me tell you, on a much smaller scale, when, when Bo got skunked, I too became filled with not very nice feelings. But all it took was an act of kindness. When the marshes acted with kindness, when we were the recipients of their kindness, our, our little world changed, and really, truly, it went, it went from horror to beauty. We even joked about how Bo now looks nice and shiny for Christmas, right? But again, I know that in the grand scheme of things, our dog getting skunked is trivial. I know that, that the death and disaster that looms out there is much more serious. But for us, Tuesday night, the kindness and love that we were shown, 
Though once foolish, again, it parallels the text. Paul talks about what we once were. The kindness that we were shown, it just changed everything. And y'all, that's just one example I can give you. I could go to a, a couple of weeks ago. I think Matt's up there. Of course, I was in Spain. The heat went out at the manse, and Matt Benson went over there at 10 or 11 o'clock at night and, and fixed the heat. It's, 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 uh, it's Nate Bradley driving to uh, the ballet when Amanda's car, the battery went dead, and, and to give her a jump one night. It's, it, it, it's, it's so many of you. It's Kevin pulling wire at my house when Starlink finally came in. It's Martin pushing snow. It, it, it's, it's Jason working on the lawnmower, and I could go on and on and on about the acts of kindness that you have shown us and how much those things just change the whole world. And that's small comparatively. Think about Christ. In the midst of this time of the year where you have all the trappings of the season and all the different things going on, and I know it's busy, and I know Christmas brings up memories and all of these different things, again, think of Christ. That though he represents so many things, he is the manifestation of God's kindness, of God's provision, of God working his way to you to show his love and to save you. Paul even goes on to describe this even more. And think about what he says here. It says, he talking about God, he poured out his spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Y'all, the kindness of God isn't just a temporary thing like the kindness of this world. As wonderful as the kindnesses of this world are, the kindness of God, his mercy is comprehensive to the point that it's not just about now, it's not just about later, it's about forever. And therein we see the beauty of Christmas. Therein we see, we see that with the kindness of God, that Christmas is all about God's love. And I'm here to tell you today, this love can be yours, but only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And only if you're trusting in him alone for your salvation. Verse 4 talks about it. We're saved not by our works. Not by the things that we do. We didn't work our way to God. God worked his way to us. And you can have this peace, this hope, this love, this kindness, but only through Jesus Christ. Dwell on him and with him. Ask yourself the tough questions. Are you following him? Is he Lord of your life? If so, then all of the love and mercy of God that came that first Christmas is yours today. So that no matter what you're facing, and hear me now, I'm not belittling it. Because I don't know what everybody is going through, but I do know this. No matter what you are facing this Christmas, that mercy and love of God is yours in Jesus Christ. And it's not just about now, it's forever. What is Christmas really all about? Don't lose sight. Don't let the things of this world cloud you so that you miss the love of God on display. And in the same way, Having this love of God in you, with his spirit dwelling with you, lavished upon you. Let that love be reflected to others. If you know him. But if you do not know him, if you know that you are not following Jesus, that you don't really love him, then turn to him today. Ask him to save you and he will. And if anybody wants to talk, I'll be under the portico because this is the most important thing ever. This joy, this hope, this peace, this love can be yours through him alone. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us. We thank you for your many gifts, the greatest of which is Jesus Christ. Let us dwell on your kindness, on your mercy. And in turn, let us show kindness and mercy to one another with hearts filled with gratitude. And if there are any here that do not know you work in their hearts now, that they would see their need. And I pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Now as we close our time together, let's sing hymn number 160. It came upon the midnight clear and pay attention to the words as we sing them together. Please stand with me.
Merry Christmas, everyone. Receive the benediction. May the grace and the peace and the love and the mercy and the kindness of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be upon you both now and forevermore. Amen.